When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, happy Christmas. Welcome to The Price of Football, the podcast that follows the money behind the beautiful game. I'm Kevin Day, and I'm joined by my financial elf, Kieran Maguire, Professor of uh, Football Finance at the University. What is your actual title, Professor of... I'm not a professor, I'm, I'm a nobody. I, why have I been calling you professor? Well, I pay you money to do so. Oh, well, prof- well why are you on the pod then? <laughs> Kieran McGrath, so, but you, you do work at Liverpool University. Yeah, I now, do. Don't, yeah, don't, don't throw that bombshell in, to, in, in at me. Merry I'm, Christmas. I'm, Merry Christmas. Let's, um, let's not pretend that we're actually here together on Christmas Day, because that would be terribly sad. Uh, also... Let's be fair, what are you doing listening to our podcast on Christmas? What's gone so badly wrong with your Christmas Day that you're listening to our football podcast? Thank you for doing so, of course. And it's also available across the Christmas period until we come back in the new year. So Merry Christmas to you all at home. Um, It's going to be a short pod this week, but we wanted to bring you a Christmas special. So we're going to answer a whole bunch of your questions and we're going to hand out our awards of the season so far. I think this is going to be show 13. No, I'm looking. At, I looked at the producer. <laughs> I looked at the producer there, and all I got was a shrug, basically. Which uh, I I don't know why I expected more, but th- there you go. As you, as as you can also tell already, it's a slightly more relaxed pod. We've all had a Christmas sherry or two. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so there are questions and then awards, and then uh, if you're lucky, I'll give you my special Brussels sprouts tip, which involves cheese. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> First question comes from uh, David Waugh, who's a Gillingham fan. It's quite a specific question, but it's a very interesting one. It's, it, Gillingham uh, advertised for a director of football finance, and one of the responsibilities, I don't know if David applied for this, we just looked it up, he's like you, he's just obsessed with all things financial and checks CVs. But one of the things, it's, it talks about monitoring away ticket money. Now, I was under the impression, like m- most people, I think, that you only get money from away games in the FA Cup but is a club like Gillingham or Palette are they getting a share of the it sounds old, so old fashioned to say a share of the gate for away games no the, the gate receipts are, are held and collected by the by the home team however the away team will have had the responsibility potentially of selling tickets on behalf of the home team so therefore I think what will happen here oh, okay. is that You've got to, you know, if, if you're Gillingham and you're playing Walsall, well, have you received the money from Walsall within five days of the match taking place? Because we, as we are fully aware, there are a number of clubs at present who are living from hand to mouth and they are taking their time in getting that money across. So I think from Gillingham's point of view, it's tap, tap, you know, phoning them up and saying, oi. Where's the money? So, well, two things. When you say five days, is that arbitrary? Have you just chosen five days as, a, as an example, or is that the, the, the legal requirement? I, I think if you go through the EFL handbook, it's, I think it's around about five days. There's no excuse for, for it being any longer. You, you've, let's face it, you've, you've collected the money yourself as the away team selling tickets to your away fans. So therefore, it, you're not there to be given interest-free credit by the home team. Um, so you got money across fairly quickly. It, this is actually more interesting. Than, uh, apologies to David, it was an interesting question, but it's got more ramifications than I thought. So, two things. So, so are you are you implying that there are clubs that are 
holding on to that money in a desperate attempt to stave off possible administration or or they're using it they're robbing Peter to pay Paul or they're just some clubs are mean and stingy and don't want to pay the money that they owe well as as we know that there are some club with rogue owners there are there are some clubs who um are robbing Peter to pay Paul having said that I don't think the the, the sums that we're talking about are significant because the very nature of those clubs is that they're going to be struggling. They tend to be having, therefore, poor results as a consequence of that. And that means that they won't be taking thousands of fans to away matches, given that the nature of what we're really talking about here is, is in League One and League Two. Now, I, what also interests me is, uh, I'm going to say hello here to my friend Danny Tickets. Uh, it's not the most imaginative nickname, but his name is Danny and he works in the ticket office at Palace. But uh, I'm, I pop in there to see him quite a lot. And I've often wondered why. There's, there's quite an elaborate board with the the numbers of away fans coming to Sellers Park and the number of our fans going to other grounds. But they're, they're very specific numbers. It never just says 3,000. It will say 3,901. So that's because they that's they have to keep tabs on every single ticket that's sold because they're, they're sending money to the club, basically. Yes. Oh, so, okay. so, so, and, and, I mean, they, they'll get a commission, but it, that won't be very significant. Effectively, the, yeah, the, the home club will be getting 90 95%. You might give them a 5% commission because they're doing us a favour by selling tickets for the away end. But yeah, th- that money actually belongs to the home club rather than the away club. Well, and also, here's another... I was going to say, here's another question about a, a club and money, but we are the price of football. <laughs> podcast that talks about finances of football. So it's why I'm surprised that we've got a question about a football club and money. But Paul Worley... Um, this is a really interesting question. So when a club is fined, so when, for, for example, Leeds were fined £200,000 for, for Spygate, where does that money go? What's it, is it used for anything? Is there, a, is there a pot? Is there like a fine money pot that the EFL at the end of the season distributes to clubs or is it spent on, on youth development? Is it spent on wallpaper? What's, that's well, this has actually caused issues uh, as far as the EFL are concerned because when they first introduced financial fair play and, and there were potentially huge fines being involved, if you think that, that QPR have been fined, Bournemouth have been fined, um, Leicester have all been fined by the EFL, and we're talking millions of pounds each time, initially the agreement was that that money would then be distributed between the remaining clubs in the championship and that was some the subject to a legal appeal. That money now, is my understanding, is given to good causes. So, whilst we don't want to encourage wrong, bad behaviour, uh, it's not. You know, the footballers aren't getting bonuses. The football owners, uh, football club owners, aren't getting bonuses. This money, I believe, is now being distributed by the EFL and is going to charitable causes. Oh, well, that's. I, I wasn't expecting that to be the answer, actually. But as it's Christmas Day, I'm glad that is the answer. So, w- would clubs do that? So, when you read about a player, for example, being fined two weeks wages would a club be doing that as well on a club basis i'm not certain that that is the case um so um if you you take a look to see what happened with uh, derby county with regards to Mm -hmm. their two players Mm -hmm. who'd been involved in the car accident they were both fined six weeks wages now there's no evidence that uh, that derby have given that to charity Um, i'm not saying they haven't but uh, i I don't think that would necessarily be in in the in in their contracts so that money could therefore be withheld by the club but remember yeah, all the clubs in, in the championship are losing such large sums of money that yeah, they'll just see this as, as a way of recouping a small amount. Now, this is um, a big question, but it's, it's a question that a lot of football fans, I think, have been predicting the answer to for quite some time. It's a question from Richard Hill. Um, basically, every football fan of my generation, our generation, for years has been going, the bubble will burst eventually, transfer fees will have to stop growing, and it's not happened. So Richard's question is, when... If it's not happened already, when will Premier League income peak? 
and can BT and Sky sustain the vast amounts of money they're paying for football rights forever? Well, domestically, it has peaked because the the New Deal, which is coming in in 2020 for BT and Sky, is actually 10% less than than the current deal that we're seeing. Is it? Yeah, because historically, BT and Sky, they didn't like each other, and therefore the way that they were trying to outdo each other was by outbidding for individual packages. Uh. They've now effectively reached an entente cordiale. Yeah, they're, They're no longer parking there. Their lawnmowers on each other's lawn. Which of them would, would be the richer company? Sky, presumably. Sky, well, BT's actually the bigger company. Is it? Uh, oh, yeah, because if you think I'd... about it, yeah, B, BT's had a monopoly in terms of its ability to deliver fixed fixed phone lines. And every oh, okay. time you've got internet, remember... Fixed that, phone lines. <laughs> um, you know, you've got yeah. this thing called OpenReach. So you know, BT get a, get a slice of, of practically every, every um, connection in, in the UK. Um, Sky have have historically made their money from from the satellite dishes and from subscriptions, and although there are significant millions as far as Sky is concerned, mm. it, it's not to the, the same extent that BT have generated over the years. So BT is a bigger company, but BT's focus is not on broadcasting; it's it's been on telecommunications. Whereas with Sky, they were using. Uh, they were they were using the the, the Sky TV as, as a bridgehead to try to, to to muscle in on BT's market. They've they've now sort of sort of kissed and made up, and as a consequence, in in the last round of TV negotiations, they they both put in bids for less money because they're not trying to nick the the, uh. the partitions from each other. However. What we are also seeing is that there is still growth in overseas markets for, for the the rights. Um, so if we take a look at what happened between 2017 to 2020, it was 5.1 million from BT and Sky, 3.1 million from all of the other overseas broadcasters. That's now dropped to around about 4.5 for for BT and Sky, and and the overseas broadcasters I think are within touching distance of matching that. The consequence for that is that we could now see pressure from, you've got a TV company in Malaysia or India saying, is there any chance um, of changing the kickoff times to suit our audiences? So because you know, look, we're paying all this amount of money, the match was due to be, you know, BT and Sky don't want it themselves, it was due to kick off at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, any chance you could change it to 11am on Sunday because that will suit our audience and we'll throw in an, an extra 500 grand for the privilege of that. So you know, we're already paying a lot of money. That will be put to the owners of the two clubs, and you know, potentially you could see that type of thing taking place. Well, talking of change kickoff times, if Amazon decide to take football seriously in future years, can BT and Sky actually compete with them financially? No, I mean um, Amazon's Amazon's pockets are, are deep, um, and you know, remember that Amazon is a global entity. Where, and it's also based mainly in the US, so the size of the markets there are far bigger. A lot will depend on what Amazon sees as the benefits. Sky cannot survive without Premier League TV rights. Premier League TV rights, they're the crack cocaine of, of subscription broadcasting. Amazon is a far bit broader business model from that because you know, you're you're getting your Kindle books. You know, I get my dog food and you know, lots of crazy stuff. Of course, off. of course, you do. From, you mean you get your dog food from Amazon? I do. Who gets their dog food from Amazon? If you, you, can, you can get a 12 kilo bag of wag, and I hope they're listening, but a 12 kilo bag of wag from, from Amazon will turn up within 24 hours. If, if, if Finley, the, the price of football dog, is, is short of stuff, <laughs> then I, I, just, I, just, I just ping a 
ping a button on on my, on my iPad twenty and with it and the following morning it arrives. Well, I've got a car. I just go down the co-op. Yeah, they, 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 they serve her favourite kibbles. Why would it? <laughs> because it's it, it's cheaper and it's more convenient. Oh, how big? How big is the? That's a big bag as well, isn't it? Yeah, it lasts him ages. All right, anyway, listen, because you're so so clever, you've actually answered uh, the next question as well, which is from Daniel Bright, which is about deals to show football outside of the UK and who negotiates them. So I'm sorry he's answered your question, Daniel, but I thought I'd mention you on Christmas Day anyway. So um, now Gareth Howes, uh, this is basically off the back of the, what we were talking about last week is how much it costs to sack a manager. But he, he was wanting to know that and again. So not only have you just answered the question, the next question, you, last week you answered the question that's been asked this week. So that, you are good. Um, but it's another question, and it's an interesting one. We, we know that loan players can't play against their parent club. Most, 99% of loan deals include that caveat. But there are times when clubs sell players or move players on and, and still subsidise their wages, aren't they? So could, can they then not play against a, a club that they've technically been sold to? If if they have a... Um, yes, there'll be a variety of sell-on clauses embedded into a contract, one of which could conceptually be, though I've never seen this uh, employed in practice, conceptually you could say, we are going to subsidise the wages for the next two seasons, so therefore as part of the deal, you, you can't play against your previous club. Uh, and that, that would be acceptable. Um, and what we are seeing with so many players on big contracts in the Premier League being reluctant to take a step down in wages, and you know, the, the famous one I think was was Nikola Zigic at uh, Birmingham. He had he came in on, on a fee. He was on sixty grand a week one season in the Premier League, and, and then three years in the uh, in the Championship on that money. If Birmingham had managed to to sell him on. Uh, there's no way people would have matched his wages. And, and in, if it was another championship club, they could have enforced that as a condition. Uh, thank you for the questions, everybody. Um, we look forward to coming back next week when we, we'll have a new year. Uh, we'll have the same pod because there's no, no need to change the successful format. But do keep your questions coming. Um, I apologise to those of you listening over Christmas who weren't expecting references to crack cocaine and dog food delivered in giant sacks. This sometimes pod t- takes a different direction. I, it's live. What can, what can I do, especially when Kieran's an out-of-control maverick for the most part? Um, uh, I, I think we should, let, we should balance that with the promised Brussels sprout tip. Oh yes, please. Because I'm a very good, I'm a very good. Obviously, just parboil them for three minutes. Then what you need to do, cut them in half, right? Then get a, a mug, right? Get a top quality stock cube, yeah, so, and boiling water in that, and then a little bit of Parmesan cheese, right? Fry the sprouts for two two minutes at most. Pour that little bit of stock in, bubble it. Oh, best sprouts you'll ever get. I'll I'll ask seriously. Yeah, do that, oh, and, and add a turkey. So don't don't just have the sprouts. <laughs> Um, as now, as it, we've, we've, our producers come up with this stuff because we, we did want to bring you a pod over Christmas. We didn't. We, we thought you'd miss us if we weren't here for two weeks. So we're going to have a sort of impromptu uh, awards ceremony here, which uh, I believe Kieran, being an out of control maverick, has come up with a slightly rude name for. What do you want to call them? I think they should be the Scummies. The Scummies. Okay. Well, they're going to be the Scummies for now, even though. Well, so the Scummy. Well, villain of the year. First of all, I know who my villain of the year is. Have you got some nominations, or well, do you just want to go straight in? No, I've I've got four nominations. Okay. Um, Mike Ashley, because he is the scourge of Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Um, Ken Anderson, the former owner of Bolton Wanderers, who it was revealed um, took a took a two hundred and fifty k payoff almost um, in order to leave the club. 
Um, the Glazer family for forcing uh, Manchester United fans to uh, form another club many years ago, and uh, Steve Dale at uh, at Berry. So those are my four nominations. And of those, who do you think would? Uh... I well, I know who my my winner is because uh, I did the usual amount of research for this, which was a cursory glance at my phone on the train in. Uh, without a doubt, Steve Dale was is the villain of the year. The Glazers. And Mike Ashley, uh, historical villains, yeah. basically. Uh, the guy at Bolton, that was, that was. If you're a Bolton fan, you'll be furious. But you know, to be responsible for the demise of a, 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 a long-standing football club with history and tradition, there can only be one winner of the villain, the villain of the year award, without a doubt. Absolutely, and, and yeah. he, he gets my vote as well. Um, if you think that he, within 24 hours of, of owning the club, he'd, he'd stop paying the, the direct debits and the standing orders, he then set up a, a football club called Berry FC Heritage <laughs> Limited and started transferring the trophies and some of the assets of the football club. So part of the reason why Berry was never sold, because you never knew what you were actually buying. See, that's, see that's, it's the second bit that's almost as bad as the first bit, isn't it? The fact that he just brazenly carries on doing stuff like that. Without any, so and he's beyond. Well, he was beyond the EFL's reach when he was in charge of Berries, but clearly he's further beyond the EFL's reach now, isn't he? And he, and he's got no, he's, he's got no sense of uh, feeling for anybody uh, who supported that club because Berry was supposed to have been wound up. They were supposed to have been liquidated at the start of December, and he put in another uh, application for that to be kicked down the road further. So Berry Football Club still exists. He's mm. still the owner. And those people who just want some form of genuine closure, mm. because then potentially a Phoenix club could, at one point in time, start to consider buying Gig Lane or putting mm. in a bid for Gig Lane. But while Steel to Steve Steve Dale's there, they've got no chance. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insights, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. I'm not entirely sure you and I got the same email off our producer guy, but it is Christmas. Who knows what time of day he's been doing what, basically. But I was asked for a hero of the inn, and to be honest, the nature of this pod doesn't throw up many heroes, but I think if there was a hero of the year for me, it would be Bill Kenwright, who A, is one of the nicest people in football, but B, at least made a genuine effort to make a financial contribution to to saving Berry, and for various reasons, mainly the EFL, I understand, it didn't work, but at least he had the the style and a sense of romance and injustice to to try and save the club. I, I agree with you entirely. Um, it, it was it was a case of computer says no from the EFL, um, and you know as, as we know, I think any any football fan of any club will have sympathy for for those fans. And, and this is another example of the fact that the governance in the game is is not fit for the people that support it. Now this 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 next next category I'm I'm going to sit back and leave to you because I haven't got a dog in this fight basically because the next category is creative accountant of the year. Now I can see by your body language already you've sat forward, you've picked up your piece of paper, your jaws jutting out. This is your territory. You've got you seem to have quite a few nominations down there. 
Well, I, I dread to think what's going to happen when I ask you who are the best bound accounts of the of the Ooh. season because you're so currently the most creative accountant of the year. And I, and also, I think it's not necessarily a good thing, is it? Creative accountancy. Um, no, no. Well, I, I've got three nominees here. First of all, um, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so they they sold the the grounds to a company which didn't exist. Um, and they, um, and they, and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just again. You just laugh at this. I'm, you've told me all this, but I'm still laughing at the sheer chutzpah of it. It's just the fact that it's allowed to happen. And, and yeah, absolutely. And then they've got they've got some unusual sponsorship arrangements. One is from um, this this uh, this D Taxis company, which doesn't own any taxis. And I <laughs> and I and I got into trouble here because I I I googled fake taxi. Which turns out to be a, a rather oh, naughty website, oh, and, and, and Mrs. Dear. M was looking over my shoulder at the time, saying, oh. what, "What are you looking at that for?" Mm. So I go, "Well, I'm looking up for football governance issues for, for some of our awards here with Kevin." And nice she says, try. Well, she, she says, "You're trying to lead me astray." This is uh, this is not this season to be talking about fake, what fake taxi actually involves, but it's uh, it's not a taxi I'd ever like to get into. To be perfectly <laughs> exactly. well, no, actually, to be fair, one of them I would wouldn't mind. The other one I definitely wouldn't want to get into. But let's not let's not do. Let's yeah, we've had Brussels sprout recipes. Let's keep to that. So okay, Sheffield Wednesday. So we've got Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> we've got um, Derby County, who have somehow managed to value Pride Park at eighty million pounds, um, e- even though Coventry valued the Rico last week at, at uh, and that's gone down in value. Um, and Derby are also the only club who, when a player reaches the end of his contract, which you'd normally think would necessitate mm. a Bosman, seem to think that that player has value in the account. So Derby are that that's pretty that impressed me. Um, I, I went through the small print of that, and, and even I was scratching my head. Just, just briefly, tangentially, Wayne Rooney was a guest on the, the football show I work on at the moment, which is an Amazon show, coincidentally. If only as many people watched the football as watched our show, we'd be laughing. And he was he was. Absolutely charming. He was really d- delightful. Guy, very interesting, very articulate, very passionate, very emotional. Uh, very excited about getting to play football for Derby County. Obviously, we didn't ask him this. Crowd. How much would Derby uh, be spending on getting Wayne Rooney to the club? Um, well, they, they, I don't think they would have had to pay a, a transfer fee right. to um, the Washington club he was playing for. Um, he will be on a competitive salary, but my understanding is that the the sponsors thirty two red. Um, Derby managed to negotiate a, a deal with 32 Red that the sponsorship will increase and that will effectively cover a large proportion of his salary. Okay. And your final nominee? Uh, my final nominee is the Football Association of Ireland. Aha, uh-huh. yes. We talked about them uh, two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, they, they, they were so creative with their accounting that the, the auditors said, we don't believe a single word of this. It's all fiction and um, walked away and refused to sign off the accounts. And the, the only thing that they did, those, those silver-tongued uh, accountants, was, was left the FAI with a bill for 250 grand for the privilege. It's, it, is that a common practice that auditors will just... No, that, 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 as, as far as accountants are concerned, A, it's rare, and, and, it, and it's, it's as damning as, as you can possibly get. Um, to say that uh, yeah, we've gone in and we've looked at the books and we, we can't... We can't add up the numbers ourselves we've got no confidence um you know the claim that the dogs at them um <laughs> is is one which we're not prepared to countenance and, and they've effectively uh they, they, they they're not prepared to put their name to them um we know your dog won't about them because your dog's full of amazon dog food <laughs> your dog definitely won't so who's your winner 
Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, the the on both uh, in- income and uh, the the these the issues with regards to the stadium. Um, I think that puts them ahead of anybody else. At the same time, they, uh, they have been charged by the by the EFL, as has the club owner, uh, as has the previous chief executive mm. of the club. And as a football fan, I don't want them to have a points deduction you know, because I, I don't think that money should be dictating anything in terms of what's happening on the pitch for issues like that. You know, Wednesday fans, they're, they're good people and, and they, they deserve three points for a win. That, I mean, that's exactly it. Whether there are good people, bad people, indifferent people, the fact that it's the fans who eventually get punished, any points of deduction is punishing the fans who are the lifeblood of the club and who weren't responsible for any of the problems that were caused. Exactly. Now, the final category um, is to do with my My eyebrows have come in for a lot of conversation <laughs> since the very first pod. Uh, I've now, my eyebrows are buff now as they've, got, they've had so much up and down. <laughs> so, so Guy, our wonderful producer, basically asked me for my eyebrow razor of the year. Uh, and I found it almost impossible because I, I was lying awake thinking back through all the pods going, well, it'll have to be that. No, it'll have to be that. And it's, it's almost a pod. So I, I think, though, I've gone for Pogba's agent. I think so. Just just remind our listeners at home before we, we release them back into the world of Christmas exactly what, how much Paul Pogba's agent made for a deal that he didn't actually negotiate. Well, he, he did negotiate it. Juventus wanted right. to sell, the player wanted yeah. to move, and Manchester United went, wanted to buy the player. And um, he uh, he earned £26 million uh, euros, okay, rather than pounds as a result of that. And if you take a look at uh, Football Leaks, which was in Der Spiegel, Part of the reason for that fee was creating creating interest in the player. <laughs> that was the eyebrows bit. Um, Kieran, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Kevin. Uh, who, who have Brighton got tomorrow, Boxing Day? Uh, we're away Spurs. Oh, big on, game. On, 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 oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably bring Amazon with me as well. As well so just, watch to, all to, the other games. Just, just, just to watch what's happening two minutes later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will Amazon be expecting extra people to sign up for Boxing Day games? Or would, do you think that most of the subscriptions would have happened for the, early, the early games as well? I, I think people will have, will have signed up on the back of what they saw and heard about last week because the feedback was, was positive. I think some of the okay. innovations were good. But also what, what people like you and me might be able to do is, in, in, as, as well as being able to say, well, I want to watch four matches of football today, um, by the way, the Amazon Prime sale is is about to go and start, uh, and therefore other members of the family can get 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 the benefits of the service. Yes, I'm old fashioned about my foot. I want to watch my football either at a ground or on a TV. Essentially, I can't be. I'm too old to be looking at a phone. I don't even know which way to hold it. Also, you don't want Amazon to be too successful, in case delivering your dog food slips down their list of priorities. Basically, I'll I'll, I'll be straight on to the chief executive. Did you buy the dog a Christmas present? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did yeah. You, what did you get? Him? Uh, I got him a new Kong, which is yeah one of these big rubber dog chewy things, and I stuff that full of sausage and cheese and God knows what else whenever I go off to a match. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, and your lovely wife and to your lovely dog, and to everybody listening. Um, the Prize of Football is a Dap Dip uh, production. We recorded it here at the Comedy Store in the heart of Soho in London's West End. Please do give us some five-star reviews on whatever platform you listen to, and that'll be a lovely Christmas present for us. We'll be back in the new year, uh, and I'm going to let Kieran say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and thank you for all for listening. The price of football.
that provides a photo ball.